tonight on Rogue Padron. Don't I usually say the episode title? I don't know. <laughs> How do we even do this anymore? <laughs> I don't remember. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. Tonight on a Rogue Padron, please stop flirting. Corn versus Booster, a hollow for your thoughts, an escape plan, A plus seduction techniques, a game of chicken, and old friends in new places. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. X-wing noises. You have to provide those. <clears throat> nah. <laughs> N- nah. <laughs> okay, well, just nah, any any noises nah, of your choosing, then. <laughs> I don't even nah, care bro. if they're X-wing noises. Nah, bro. No, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they're all just sad. Okay. <laughs> Did you say sad? Because that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's both. It's all. Every all of the above. Okay. Wow. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Season 4, Mission 6 of Rogue Padron. I'm sure you're super excited for tonight's episode. How could you not be after hearing about those great chapter hints that we're going to hit? But first, a quick reminder of your hosts. We have Heath, Rogue 3, who is determined, driven, and not afraid to express his opinions. It's true. We have Danny, Rogue 6, who does his best to spread understanding and acceptance of others. Wait, are you just going to make us cry? Yeah. Meg, what on earth in the world could have prompted these intros? (laughs) Um, Some bad things happened last week. (laughs) So let's have some good things happen this week. Yay. Yeah. We have Seth, Rogue Seven, who won't back down when challenged and is ready to fight for herself and others. Oh, I will always fight. And I mean that both in the way where it's really respectable and noble and both in the way where she'll also like slash at your knees. Yeah, people <laughs> need to hold me back sometimes. She'll slash at your knees, but for a noble reason. <laughs> yes, both. Yeah. There's <laughs> always a good reason for it, but it could happen. They don't call yeah. her staff the slasher for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I just want to love you and support you and probably make you some baked goods. Oh. I love you, Meg. I love you, too. Wow. That was nice. That was nice. (laughs) Well, speaking of a group of quirky and diverse friends who are going to band together and defeat evil, I have a question about Uh, Rogue One. Yes! Yay! (laughs) Good. Uh, We're getting close, y'all. Yeah! like 54 days or something like that i think it's gotta be less than that because what is it december 16th and today's november 14th dang if my math is correct and i was a math teacher for three months that's like (laughs) that's like between 20 and 45 days wow between 45 so we 
have gotten a pretty good sense of the general idea of what you know our main cast of characters, who they are, what they're going to be. So I just want to hear from each of you who, which which character are you most excited to see on the big screen finally, and why? Um, oh, my serious answer is Baze. Oh, yeah. I feel I like there aren't a lot of Baze fans out there. I'm really <clears throat> excited for Baze because I. I really like the grumps and <laughs> from the little bit that we've known about him, he's, he, he's the non-believer, right? But he still uh, supports Chirut and, you know, is there for him and his, is his best friend. And I think that's really special and important. And of course my not serious answer is Krennic because I want to touch the cape, but <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not how movies work. It could be. You don't know. This is why VR movies need to be a thing already. Just so stroke the cape. Stroke the cape. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't convince people to get going on VR movies, nothing will. So, yeah. you need okay. the cape. Yep. Need we'll make cape. it happen. My answer is Chirrut, obviously. Um, I'm really excited about that character. He seems really cool. Come on, Saf. And you also, can do better I'm than excited that. about the I'm excited about seeing a disabled character in Star Wars being okay. cool. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, and also I'm excited about K2 because he's very tall and he's kind of scary. Yeah, I was gonna say K2. He seems like a bulkier and more like dark humored version of C3PO, and I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I always like the droids. Mm. I'm gonna say, uh, I think probably Jenner. So actually. I, I go back and forth between mm. Jin and Cassie and every day, and honestly, I'm really excited about their their friendship, but I think Jin Erso is definitely who I'm most excited to see because I think that she is going to be uh, come from a different place from Rey, and I'm excited to see uh, you know how they tell her story. Yeah. It's so close. I can't believe it. This is ridiculous. I thought it was still like a couple months away. It's like 30 days away. This is yeah. ridiculous. How's this I'm not going to lie. I'm... <laughs> I'm like excited for Rogue One, obviously, but I'm also excited for us to get past Rogue One because that means Episode Eight stuff starts, and I'm more yes. excited for that. I'm so excited to see about the new girl, who we don't know anything about her character, as far as I know, or at least non-spoiler people don't. I don't know about spoiler people, but um, Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear oh, about yeah, her yeah, character. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. One Asian woman. Yeah. Two. From, like, the hints on Instagram or whatever, it seems like she'll be with Finn a lot. So Yeah, and people more say Finn, they've got, like, a, a good... Yeah, they've got, like, a good humor chemistry or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. so... But also, when Rogue One comes it. out... Yeah, same, honestly. I but when theory. Rogue One comes out, oh. what is our movie going to be we're going to talk about on here? Uh, oh. Uh. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> we'll Rogue kill that segment. Han Solo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nope. Let's just do episode eight. Nope. Anyway, I have a theory that there are two Kylo Rens, and the second one is Kelly Marie Tran. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, hard did you pass. Pass. <laughs> What was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> Super hard pass on that, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've heard a theory get so ridiculous in my no. life about it. Have you ever? I've, I've seen... never heard a harder pass. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever? 
Have you ever seen Kylo Ren and Kelly Marie Tran in the same place at the same time? Think about it. You haven't even seen Kelly Marie Tran. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Danny, don't do this. <laughs> It's going to be all your theories is just that there's two of one person. I mean, don't even get me started on Boba Fett. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> one day I'm going to get you started on that, but today is not that day. I mean, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I just ruin everything? <laughs> yes. We Yeah, let's just I'm, I'm cut pretty, this episode. I'm pretty good at Put that. It, Put it out as is. We're done. I quit. <laughs> I quit. Before quad. No. <laughs> I I'm said kidding. nice I things about everybody. <laughs> it was all for nothing. Okay. Well, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the chapter discussions. Yay. So, starting off with chapter 30. We are back on Typhera and unfortunately back with Erisi and Voru. Uh. They are once again summoned by Icehard and on like the landing pad, I don't know, they flirt and it's super uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> Erisi, why? You could do so much better. Why are you like this? Just, oof. Not good. <laughs> Not good. I Not cannot about wait it. for Flurry Voru to die so hard. <laughs> yeah. And also Aerith. Yep. I mean, I I'd be okay her... if she caused his death. Absolutely. Another way to say that is if she killed him. Just murdered him. I agree with that. We find out once uh, Voru and Aerith get to the briefing that the convoy, the Avarice, has been escorting, appeared back in the system, missing three tankers and the Avarice itself. They watch a hollow of Captain Ser Yanka thoroughly dressing down Icehard and severing his ties to her. He explains that he's killed the loyalist aboard the Avarice, and even if Icehard wanted to hunt him down, he knows the Outer Rim so well, and chasing him would leave her vulnerable to her enemies that would absolutely destroy her. Um, you know who Ser Yanka reminds me of? Is um, um, Terex. From the Poe comic. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> because he just seems like he's kind of super fabulous. He's, yeah, I yeah. really. But also when he was into... like dissing her, he was just like pulling all the punches. I am super into Seryanka because he doesn't really care about the Empire. <laughs> he cares about having a good life and hanging out with his mistress. Yeah, and pretty close. Yeah, and that's I mean, that would legitimate. Be yeah, that's yeah. that's what everybody would want. Yeah. Icehard decides that she can no longer protect the convoys and Typhera at once, so she needs to put the pressure on Wedge. Her plan <laughs> yeah, is she to does. <laughs> No. <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> no, no. So say none of us. I mean, what, Saf, you have you never wanted to put the pressure on Wedge? I mean, okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wants to put the pressure on Wedge. I don't yep. want Izod to put the pressure on Wedge. I don't really know what that me. means, but I think it's we've all wanted to at some point. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, she's... After trying with Corin for several times, I think she's finally given up on him. Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first book, so... <laughs> 
Isard comes up with a brilliant plan to round up all excess Vratrix, because they only need a certain amount for back to production, and put them into an internment camp for 30 days, and then slaughter them all. Okay, too real. Why put them into the camp if they're just going to kill them? So they're just, just all just in one place. <laughs> for easy efficient. She doesn't have a financial advisor, okay? <laughs> She's just like, yeah, what's the most evil way to do this? There's no one there to be like, them, like just kill them. hey, Isard, we don't have that in the budget. Can we just kill them right away? <laughs> Remember, this is this is to get Wedge. This is all for Wedge. I mean, okay, fair. You might say, it's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> also, you I might. hope nobody even takes Light to see it out of context. <laughs> oh my gosh so Erisi and Voru after thinking this um, suggest that the locals leak this information to Wedge to make it seem as it isn't just a trap for the rogues <laughs> and he will have no that choice that make it seem more like a trap uh yeah <laughs> Wedge will have no choice but to intervene because you know he has a soul it's, like, this situation is, like, I don't know, I think probably something stupid that Kit and Lore did, where it's the, but if it comes from this source, then it looks like a trap. But what if we do it from here so it doesn't look like a trap? Well, won't they think that that's a trap because it is from there? And it just will keep going for infinity. <laughs> they might think that we think that they think it's a trap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But no matter what, it's a trap. Akbar's right. In the next chapter, we see Corin and Oral have made a run out to Difera to confirm the rumors they heard about Isard, gathering up the Vratrix to force the Ashurn into giving up their resistance. So the story's changed a little bit since, you know, a page ago. <laughs> and, um, Isard is doing this to force the Ashurn to give up rather than, hey, we're trying to get the rogues out here. Booster and Wedge understand that this is obviously a trap to lure out, lure out the rogues, but Corin doesn't think so because she didn't just directly call them out. What the Which... heck? Are... Everyone here has just gone stupid. <laughs> it may... it reminds Where did me of... brains go? Saf, you'll appreciate this. It reminds me of the Friends episode where everyone knows that Chandler and Monica are dating but they keep going back and forth. And oh, like, but man. but they don't know that we don't know that they don't know that we don't know. And then they're like, okay, okay, it okay. Is, but let's it's... do the thing because they don't know that we don't know that they don't know that we don't know that the way they don't know. <laughs> but then Corin's okay. over here it's being gonna, like, no, no, it's not a trap. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, it's not a trap. <laughs> Corin, why are you so wrong? Corin is Joey Tribbiani. He is. I liked Joey. Oh, no, but Joey's lovely. Corn's yes. Ross. <laughs> okay, oh, Corn is Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, <sighs> that's the end of our show. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so we they keep, have two we weeks. We keep ending our show prematurely a lot these days. <laughs> <laughs> the real problem. Yeah. They have two weeks before she kills 30,000 Vratrix, and thankfully, they have the gravity well generator, and the last of the weapons they bought from Carde can be delivered to them within a day. Wedge asks Corrin to guide Carde's last convoy to their base at Yagdul. I'm really glad that this all this chapter was about Yagdul, because I really enjoy saying it. Good <clears throat> word, name. 
Plus, Heath just finished reading Lord of the Rings, so... Yeah, so it's totally Lord of the Rings, place. It's so good. So Lord of the Ringsy, And it's one of the few things I can pronounce on this show. (laughs) (laughs) El Skull. Yandul. Corin thinks that this is a terrible idea. Because in less than 24 hours after that, Iceard will know exactly where their base is, since they never got rid of the big mouth's spy. Wedge says that that's the point. They are inviting her here because he, Booster, and Tycho have formulated a plan to deal with the Lusankia and the ver- ver- virulence. Virulence? Doesn't matter. Virulence. <laughs> Don't speaking. listen to me. I can't say this first. <laughs> <laughs> they I'm... can't tell Corn <laughs> in case he gets apprehended and tortured for information. I'm so over spies. Absolutely. Like, the first spy was yeah. good, because we, like, knew it was going to be someone we knew, and they built up our three books, and then they got Eresy, and she went over to the dark side, or whatever, and then it's just like, oh, and there's another spy, and it's this random person. With a big mouth. So, it just, it, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there will just always be a spy, I guess, so the bad guys will just always know what the good, it just feels lazy, I guess. It is. It is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Corn wants to make sure that Wedge is certain about this plan, which sets off Booster, because of course this plan has no certainty. When has anything they've done ever did? <laughs> especially, especially sorry, but coming from Corin, who thinks he's going to die all the time, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Booster basically says Corrin isn't a real man because he doesn't have the guts Aww. to be risky and cowards only worked for the man, a.k.a. Corsac. Oh, my God. It's okay. I'm sure that they'll settle the, their differences very maturely. Yeah, because Corrin lets Booster have it. I'm sure Reminding getting Booster super personal will not escalate whatsoever. <laughs> that be he very wasn't civil. being a noble patriot by smuggling. He was just being greedy and his selfishness made things worse for all of the innocent civilians on Corellia. He goes on to say, because if that's not good enough, how Mirax is everything Booster wishes he was and how he, and how Corrin is absolutely worthy of her because I don't know. I don't really understand where his thinking was on that, but uh, could it it be possible that he wasn't thinking? He definitely wasn't. But Booster's not thinking either. Because next, Booster says, Booster points out how Corrin abandoned Mirax on Typhera for the five minutes in which he almost got himself killed because he's really bad at being undercover. And then again, Corrin, being the mature adult he is, points out that Booster abandoned her by getting arrested and sent to Kessel for five years. No... It's, it's not an abandonment if somebody takes you. Oh. At this point, Wedge steps in because he's been there the whole time and everyone's ignored him. <laughs> also because they definitely would have killed each other in 10 seconds. And Wedge first the sets- books might have been better for it. Right. Oh. <laughs> Turn it, Wedge. All of our lives better off. <laughs> if only. I Wedge kid, sets- I kid. Corn is... I was going to say Booster is really important, but (laughs) (laughs) Wedge first sets Booster straight, saying how Corrin is courageous and has done things for this rebellion and the freedom of the galaxy that's kept them all from being murdered or captured. 
He goes on to say that Mirax needed Corrin's stability and Corrin needed her excitement for life. And they together have made the perfect balanced match. Before Corrin could get too smug, Wedge turns to him saying that Corrin needs to stop thinking of Booster as his father's arch nemesis because his father's fights aren't his fights. They both love Mirax, and Mirax loves them both, and they need to realize that neither of them are as awful as they would like to think. Or alternatively, Mirax just has bad taste. Also that. Yeah. I wish Wade was my therapist. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. my gosh. I just wish Wedge great. was. Just more Wedge. Okay, but I feel like therapist yeah. Wedge would be an excellent meme. Oh, yeah. It yes. would be. Yeah. My favorite thing is that he would be so good at other people's lives, but useless at his own. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how, what's why. That's how and why. Like, he'll give you advice on like career and identity and meaning, but just don't ask him for advice on relationships. No, 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 no. no. First, make sure she's married. But he's good at other people's relationships. <laughs> exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> It's always other people's and not his own. Oh, Wedge. He needs his own Wedge therapist. (laughs) At first, Corrin is like, nope, never. But within two seconds, he starts to think about his dad, of course, and realizes that Hellhorn's fight against Booster was not personal. Booster broke the law, and Hell, it was Hell's duty to uphold it. That was it. Corin has always made things personal. <laughs> always, always, always. And so he somehow comes to the conclusion that he was betraying his father by doing so. He admits to Booster that he doesn't deserve his ill will and that Booster is not his enemy. Booster gracefully agrees and apparently everything is okay. Tied up all neat and nice. Yep. I'm glad we came to a very clear resolution. (laughs) (laughs) Booster does promise violence at some point. Right, that was was weird. They both I mean, who doesn't? It was really weird. Yeah, that's normal, right? Manly Karelian space dudes. I don't know. They will come to violence. Um, That sounds like an excellent animated show. Manly curly and space dude. No, yeah, but you have to say it though in the same tone of voice that you said it before. Well, yeah, and it'll have the subtitle of "It will come to violence." <laughs> I would watch either that, that or 100%. we have no need for odds. Uh, no, they just say it every episode. <laughs> That's like it's on one. right after therapist wedge. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. man, we could start a whole TV network. Well, I want Lucasfilm hire us. I don't know. I, I thought for sure we'd have Lucasfilm <laughs> agents knocking down our doors after that Sobody. I, I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> I love that Sobody. That glistening Bodhi man. A boat. <laughs> Congratulations again, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> In the next chapter, Corin, Oral, Gavin, and Rosati, and also Mirax, are waiting for the convoy. Sorry, who are these people? Well, Rissati? one of them is Rogue, and the one of them is the Rogue's girlfriend, and I don't know any of the others. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Gavin is the Rogue, and Rosati is the girlfriend of Noara Ven. Oh, I remember Noara. Uh, yes, 
while. That's just sweet memory. He is. He's alive. <laughs> okay. He has sweet, sweet brain tales. He has a line, I believe, in chapter 36. <laughs> Ow. Yep. So that's Big super fan Meg for you right there. <laughs> <laughs> I made the show notes. Um, so <laughs> only Corin knows that the possibility they're going to get they, that they may be jumped by Isard. So while they wait, he fills Mirax in on the truce between him and Booster. While they talk about how Roasted Cornhorn is still in Corellia, Whistler jumps in and reveals that Hell encrypted a holo for him about his Jedi heritage that was available if he ever ended up asking for it. What? 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 <laughs> WTF is this? Right. Whistler's is just some... like, oh, by the way, I yeah. forgot to mention. <laughs> you finally said the secret password. Here's a video from your dad explaining everything. <laughs> oh my god. Does haven't you ever had that experience? <laughs> sure, all the time. Yeah. Every Wednesday. <laughs> so, but of course, and then Corin goes on for like three pages about his dad. Is so mysterious and smart, <laughs> and he probably betrayed him, but no, I didn't, and all of these other things that don't matter. And Corin decides not to play the hollow and doesn't plan to if he ever does until the back to war is over because it might raise doubts in him and throw off his game. Oh, Corin. Eventually, the Corin is so fragile. Up. He's super fragile. Yes, he is. It's like if I watch the hollow, I might just stop the middle, right in the middle of this war we're doing and go find Luke and become a Jedi. Right. Like, right. I won't be able to wait the two more weeks that it's going to take to finish these chapters. <laughs> I will immediately wonder what my dad meant. Oh, he's <laughs> awful. Gosh, Corin. So the convoy eventually shows up and everything looks good to go. They feed the convoy the coordinates, but they have a short jump and then a longer one that takes them into the fuller base on Kamenor. The plan is for the gravity well projector Booster has to pull them, prema- pull them out prematurely at Yagdul. Making it look like the position of the base is of the utmost secrecy. Saf. I'm sorry. What happened? You said pull out prematurely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's my fault. (laughs) It's fine. We're we're mature adults here. (laughs) We are 100% mature adults. Yeah. We got this. We got this. We got this. Wait, okay, I have a question though. Yes. Why does <laughs> I'm sorry. Why does pulling them out early make it look like the position of the base is <laughs> like, why? This is a genuine question, I just can't okay. so because because the actual jump coordinates is to a different place, it makes it look like that the way that they keep their base secret is by not giving away the information and that they rely on the gravity well in order to have ships land there. So uh, no one would purposefully go to the base unless they are pulled out by the gravity well, which means that they are welcomed by the people on the base. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Which, remember, Pash has marked this base as being destroyed. So it's... It's nothing. It should be nothing. All right. So 
if so when when someone does figure out the look is you know secretly sent the location all of those things together make it look like oh my god you know this was super secret and it's still super secret and this is their protections against it and all that stuff okay yeah in the next chapter we go to Carnus big mouth and they had <laughs> set it up so she was the last person to leave Yagdul out of everybody in the convoy after two days of being delayed while Mirax escorted her all around the base as hospitality, they wanted to give themselves some time to get everything ready before they knew Isard would show up. Once safely aboard her ship, Karnas uses her refresher unit and to flush a thing that was the most basic components of a probe droid that ends up sending a message to Typhara about the base location. We also kind of learn how toilets work in space. So that was interesting. <laughs> we go to a briefing with Wedge, where the Lusanka and the Virulence get to Yagdul. Everyone is supposed to run, head straight for Typhara to launch an attack, because they can get there faster than the capital ships. Which, I'm not exactly sure how hyperspace works. I guess... Can some ships fly faster in hyperspace? No, than yeah, some can. Confused some about. can. It's definitely a thing. Because I know that's true in Star Trek, but I didn't know that was a thing in Star Wars. Like, if no, no, they shave their legs Wars. before they go, they're they're faster. Well, <laughs> well, and also, like, any other body hair they have to shave off. Okay, Well, sure. that's why there's, like, faster ships are a thing, like, in normal space, in real space, but that's also a thing in hyperspace. Like, that's partly a thing with Millennium Falcon. It's a fast hyperspace ship, too. Um, it's about engines or whatever. I remember it's in a few books. They talk about it. It's weird. Wow, what a nerd! I know. <laughs> it's, I hate it's that weird. I actually know something about Star Wars. It's weird <laughs> that they call it light speed if it's not like a set speed for everybody, though. Yeah, it's well. I mean, when has Star Wars ever actually been good at science? I mean, do they or is <laughs> is hyperspace and light speed supposed to be interchangeable, or is light speed like one form of hyperspace? Light travel. speed's what they go when they're in hyperspace. Oh, okay. Which is weird, because it would be faster than light speed, wouldn't it? Because they're going faster than light. You would think so, right. the way that the stars work. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know anything about science in the real world, let alone Star Wars. Well, whatever, science. This is the last <laughs> hurrah for them, and they are instructed to send out, in case of death messages, for their loved ones. And okay. we just come to the conclusion that failure is not an option, which... When has it ever been for anybody except Corrin? We are really hard on Corrin this week. Yeah. We're hard on Corrin every week. I was going to make a really inappropriate joke. Yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> we all heard it. <laughs> yeah, we all thought about it. <laughs> That's why there was that little pause there where no one said yep. anything. We were all like, mm. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> uh, okay. There. I was going to segue with also a very inappropriate joke, but I won't. Back on Terra, <laughs> Boro and Eresi are hanging out, receiving the data that the rogues are on Yang Duel. Eresi, of course, beats her up because she should have suspected Yang Duel, even though there was zero reason for it. Boro proposes that Eresi basically defects with him, and they run off to purchase a planet, and she'll be the captain of his pilot guard, and maybe more if she desires. <laughs> No. Ooh, it was so creepy. <laughs> Super creepy. I, I like Boro when he was first introduced because now I just wanted to die so much. Oh, 
when he first introduced, he like crushed a man's face, and that was great. Yeah. Now he's this. That's well, the moral of the story, kids, is that even if someone crushes a man's face, doesn't always mean that they're great. Yeah. It's a good thing to learn. <laughs> That's a very straightforward lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I plan to take that with me every day of my life. <laughs> Live your life as if a man who can crush another man's face is actually a perv. <laughs> the worst. God. Their plan is that when the Verlance returns from destroying Yagdul, they'll head out on an inspection tour of the planet and have an accident arranged where they can disappear. And Ercy's up for it, so you do you, girl. You do you. Sigh. That seems like it won't go wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> I guess if Yonka could do it, they think they can. Yeah, that's fair. But Yonka's a baller, so so. Okay, there is no the way we're step. not doing this as a dramatic reading. Absolutely. The setting: yeah. Flare Star. <laughs> Two people seated across from each other. A table. The man reaches across the table and takes the woman's hand in his. Thanks. Pine dinner was no big deal. That's not what I'm thanking you for. Seeing you sitting there, I remember the first time I saw you. Back on Talisea. Yeah, the lighting is dim enough in here to resemble that world. <laughs> I was remembering how beautiful you looked then, and how beautiful you are now. And I remember you cut a rather dashing figure in your flight suit. Then I had to go and spoil it by bringing our father's rivalry into things. We got over that fast. Then I was remembering our last conversation on Coruscant before we headed out to conquer a world. And then I ruined what we were heading for by getting captured by Izard. Yet another crime for which she should pay. Agreed. A huge chunk of what gnawed at me while I was on Lysankia was knowing you thought I was dead. I didn't want to presume that my disappearance would have hurt you that much. But I knew how I would have felt were you our situations reversed. And now, in less than a day, We'll be tossed again into a fight where we both might die. You wouldn't be trying to turn us into a sleep with me tonight because tomorrow we may die thing, would you? <laughs> me? Perish the thought. I'd never think of taking advantage of you like that, despite having you having bought you a lavish meal. Oh no? No. Why not? Am I not good enough for you? <laughs> you are that, but as I recall, you're also already sleeping in my bed. Oh yeah, good point. It does sort of make <laughs> it does sort of make this kind of seduction rather moot. True, but the flirtation is fun. I agree there too, and I can't think of anyone I would rather flirt with and be seduced by than you. In fact, I think we should make it permanent. <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Corin Horn, are you asking me to marry you? Look, I know this might seem abrupt. I mean, I know we've been living together since my return from the grave, but with all our missions and trips and everything, I guess we've not had more than three weeks in the last four months we've actually been able to spend time alone with each other. Despite how hectic and chaotic things are, and have been, what I do know is that I want more time to spend with you. I know that I'm never going to find someone for whom I feel more than I feel for you. 
That's true. Because if you did, I'd have to see to it that you stopped feeling altogether. Ugh. <laughs> Are you <Yikes>. sure, Bex? <laughs> Perish the thought! <laughs> suddenly, uh, suddenly I'm not so sure about this. Oh dear. Don't you want to talk to Yella about it? She told me I've been an idiot for not asking you to marry me sooner. She and Dirk were as close as any two people I've ever seen. And despite the pain she's been through, I don't think she'd have surrendered one moment of their happiness together to make her feel better. For as long as I've known her, she's had a habit of predicting how many weeks my relationships would last. And she was always on target. With us, no predictions. <laughs> always did think she was smart. One last thing, Corin. You realize that I'm not walking away from my lifestyle or my father. The Mirax Tarek you get is the Mirax Tarek you know. I think your father and I have an understanding. But even if we didn't, you'd be worth it. Realize I'm not going to change either. Wouldn't have it any other way. So? Will you marry me? Nah, bruh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will, Cornhorn. What do I say? Okay, wait. Yes. <laughs> this station isn't a good place for finding jewelry, and I didn't want to ask Zrai to machine up a quandium... Quadanium ring. So all I have to offer you is this. Corin, I know how much that medallion means to you. It's your good luck piece. I won't take it, especially just before the coming assault. Mirax, you've just agreed to marry me. Any luck left in this thing has clearly been drained. You're the most important person in the galaxy to me. So if this will keep you safe, or even if it will remind you of me, it's better off with you than hanging around my neck. Do you think our children will look like him? Uh, maybe. Better him than your father. <laughs> At least for the boys, that is. If our daughters look like their mother, I'll be as pleased as possible and as predictive of them as your father is of you. I'm going to find you something that's just as special as this. Maybe I'll talk to Zrai about fabricating something for you, something you'll never forget. Like what? A ring, maybe. Made from a Lysankia's hull. It held you captive the way you hold my heart captive. Boo! <laughs> Stop this! <laughs> You're good, Marix. Very good. I'm the best, Corin, and you always push me to excel. So, when do we break the news to your father? The when comes after the how, I think. Give me some time to figure that out. We can tell Wedge, though, and some of the others, but that can wait until tomorrow. We have other things to do tonight. Such as... You, Corinhorn, have asked me to marry you. I have accepted, and I intend us to do everything right in our marriage. Toward that end, there are certain things I think we should practice until we perform them perfectly. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I cannot wait to put saxophone music underneath that. That was really good. <laughs> Ooh, Such a good a, scene. That was something. <laughs> that was something. I can't believe you made me read those words with my own tune. <laughs> <laughs> you auditioned for the part of Cornhorn and you got it. I never auditioned. I just got it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said, I'll be Corin. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yes, you did. Somewhat. I didn't even think I would be proposing to someone. Saf, at least you didn't have to say, there are certain things in this marriage I'd like to perfect. 
<laughs> so we should start <laughs> practicing tonight. Yeah. That's that... true. That's bad. That's <laughs> bad. What happens to Mirax when Corrin's around? She just gets so weird. <laughs> she is so her... cheesy. So also, weird. her vernacular just gets weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perish the thought. Perish the thought. Perish the thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you doing, Mirax? Bad things. Cornhorn. No. <laughs> I was trying not to say that. Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh jeez. Meg, come back to us. <laughs> so the re- next part of chapter whatever we're on. We have Isard and Voru are in a briefing with Captain Dreiso of the Lusankia and Captain Varsha of the Virulence. Dreiso thinks that they should leave the Virulence here to protect Typhara if the rebels come a knockin'. Of course, Isard, because it was not her idea, is like, lol, no. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the jungle, we have Iela, Sixtus, and Elskol talking about how the ships will be leaving, the ships meaning Lusanki and the Virulence, will be leaving soon, and it'll be time for their assault. They have no idea, though, that Wedge has plans to come into the system. Iela wants to take Isard alive, but to... Uh, that was really poorly worded. Iela wants to take Isard alive, much to the disdain of her compatriots. Yellow reasons, though, that everyone, that Isard and everyone under her need to actually be held accountable for their actions. By simply killing them, no one really gets justice. The law isn't reinforced. And it could be more easy to make Isard into a martyr, which would be no good for anybody. Yella is such a law nerd. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Yella is justice. Yeah, that's true. Um, that sounds like another TV show for our channel. Yep. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Like Judge Judy, <laughs> but Yella. Oh I'm my god. It. No, I thought um Noara had a show. Oh, that's Noara? true. Yella oh, can no, have. She's on like Law and Order Space Edition. Yeah. Yella can have like Judge Dredd, but it's Yella. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's on right after that, so Bodhi. <laughs> That's a okay. really weird combination of TV. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat unrelated to Star Wars, but related to Judge Judy and Judge Dredd. When I was a kid, I read a lot of Judge Dredd comics, and I tried watching Judge Judy because I thought that was real. what real judges did. And I was really confused. <laughs> I mean, Neither of those are a good representation of what judges do. <laughs> no. I had a very warped perspective on the law system in America. Oh, sad. Oh, sad. <laughs> Well, speaking of warped views, Dreiso is not really a fan of Iceheart. He finds her to be short-sighted and clumsy when it comes to war, but he does think she has the most legitimate claim to the throne and has the best chance of rebirthing the Empire. I hate that word. <laughs> I really did use it because it's awful. So yeah. Why does she have to rebirth the Empire? The word throne <laughs> makes me really uncomfortable, too. <laughs> Just, I started sure. all. I started dry so all around uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. The Lysankia and the Verlins arrive in Yagdul with no problems, ready to attack the base. They detect the stump fighters jump into hyperspace toward Typhara. 
Drysdale still plans on destroying the station and then running after the tired and fuel-deprived rogues who won't be able to do much damage in their state. As Drysdale approaches the station, Booster Tarek sends out communication, telling him he has five minutes to surrender. Booster then powers up the gravity well projector, and with Yagdul's moons, it severely limits the hyperspace options for Dryso. Booster then gets him in several tractor beams. Dryso, although his options are very few, refuses to surrender, and when he's about to open fire, they end up identifying over 300 proton torpedoes and concussion missiles heading for the Lusakia. And that's just the first volley. Cool. Nice. Unfortunately, the Verlins ends up breaking the lock and saving the Lusankia by sacrificing itself, and the Lusankia is free to return to Typhara. God damn it. I know. But at this time, only the Lusankia, the only ship Isard has left is the Lusankia. So, at least I got one of them. How symbolic. Right? When Dreso returns and arrives in Typhara, he's shocked to see that there's no sign of the X-Wings. Everything looks normal in space. He now believes that it was a trick all along, and that they first jumped toward Typhara, but then changed course and are now at a new secret base. He is surprised when what he believes to be the Verulance jumps back to the system, only discover that it's not Captain Varsha, but Captain Ser Yanka aboard the Freedom to engage him and the Typharian Home Defense Force. Please remember that the Freedom used to be named the Avarice, and oh. now it's beautiful. That's such a good name. It's such a freeing name. Yes. Yeah. That's such a Ser Yanka thing to do. It so is, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Super Bodhi. <laughs> so you yeah, to get the glistening body of this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. El down on planet side, El and Co are making their move into Isart's compound. The Tie Fighters serve as a great initial distraction, and the Ashurn, who are the real MVPs, end up killing everybody and busting down doors with ease. Yikes! Yikes, indeed. Erisi finally gets to fly with her elite squadron even though they weren't actually called by Iceheart to scramble. The other Typharian Home Defense Force squadrons think that they stand a chance against the rogues and continue to fly, despite Erisi trying to give them orders otherwise. We also find out that Wedge had Minoc, his astromech unit, memories wiped and upgraded, and now he is named Gate, which is definitely not as cute. Yeah, what the heck? Why? Yeah. I was very disappointed. Wedge, why? Yeah, Wedge let me down here. Can't believe this. It's like, I'll just take my puppy dog and erase its memory and give it a new name. It's fine. It's fine. It's not fine, Wedge. Also, Gate? What? Gate? Because it's what? something, it's like R2G8. Gate. And I'm like, cool, Wedge, you're a 13 year old who knows how to text. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Maggie, you sounded like such an old man just then. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so sassy. The rogue's main mission is to get at the Losankia, but they have to deal with some of the ties first. So far, so good, and that's where it ends. Cool. Happy ending. Yay. Yeah, Super. everyone seems to be headed for a very happy ending. I'm sure everything will resolve beautifully next week. I'm so everyone... glad that nobody's going to die. Everyone will survive. We'll all be fine. 
yeah, even the people who haven't barely been named in this book will totally survive. They're fine. Yeah. Yeah, remember that time when Meg oh, said fun. that Gavin's sad part comes later? Uh, yeah, that's, that's next no. week. <laughs> no! <laughs> we no! We haven't had the Gavin's sad part yet. <laughs> Mixed of laughing, no! <laughs> I'm I'm so surprised you remember that. I'm so scared. <laughs> of course I remember that. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up at night and I remember that. It's just Gavin's sad part wake comes up later. In a cold sweat. <laughs> Gavin, no. <laughs> Don't do it, Gavin. <laughs> Not your sad time. Oh. <laughs> um, let's do discussion questions. And I guess we can give out a glistening Bodhi, too. Yeah. Um, last week we asked, what else haven't we learned about Vratik's culture? And we didn't answer this, right? We have to answer oh, this? Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. I already have my answer. Um, I said that the only dance they can do is the Macarena. Mm, that's a powerful dance. Uh, yeah, it yeah. is. Powerful is definitely the word I would have picked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the Vrachiks, people don't really know, but they're actually split into four subcultures. And oh. within each cultural group, there are certain Vrachiks that are actually able to manipulate certain elements in their world. <laughs> so um, in one group, one culture is kind of based off of the water and, and certain Vrachiks are able to manipulate the water and they're called the water manipulators. And then there's another culture that's based off of the earth and certain Vrachiks they're able to manipulate the earth and they're called the earth manipulators. Um, and then one of the other cultures is based off of air and certain Vrachiks in that culture are able to manipulate the air and they're called the air manipulators. And then the last group is based off of um, chocolate and they're called the chocolate manipulators. Um, but everywhere, all the other Vrachiks just call that group Jerry for short. <laughs> you know, if someone made a TV show about that, I would definitely watch it and probably do a podcast about it. <laughs> Sounds really compelling. I bet you learn a lot of good life lessons. <laughs> yeah. So the Vratrix Ray- are all very allergic to peanuts. I mean, obviously. <laughs> obviously. So when it comes to the chocolate manipulators, things can get kind of weird. And itchy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one time we read about Corin's allergic reaction? <laughs> oh no! Uh, I about that. Okay, so my, I think the Vratrix have a very thriving craft beer culture, and they get really into it to the point that sometimes they will have fist fights over which beer tastes better, and none of them have peanuts in them. Because that's a bad idea. Oh my god, the Vratrix are hipsters. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yes. I mean, they live in trees. And they wear all black. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that the Vratrix are hipsters. And none of them need glasses, but most of them wear them anyways. <laughs> Meg? Meg? Boy. Yes? Meg? Yes? Did you, did you want to share? I already said, I said all the Vratrix have peanut allergies. Oh, oh, I thought, okay. Oh. I thought thought you were just building off of mine there. Yeah, me too. No, that was my thing. I went after the list. Well, what did our listeners have to say? All right. 
Snoke said that the Vratrix are in the hands of your father. Han Solo, this will be your greatest test. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Snoke understood the question. I don't think that counts. (laughs) Snoke. Snoke. (laughs) I wish you would have said Han Solo like Snoke, though. I know. not, Not really good effort there. Han Solo. That's not even a good Snoke. That was just your heresy anyway. voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Snoke heresy now. Heresy is Snoke confirmed. Heresy Great. Is definitely Snoke. <laughs> or Snoke is the offspring of heresy and Voru because he's just uh, that terrible. Oh, that could Danny, be real. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> heresy, why? Uh, okay. Raising Fangirl said the Vratrix have an elaborate mating ritual involving a photo of Cornhorn, a Bob Ross DVD, and a stick of butter. Hashtag happy tree. Why is the tree I, happy? I, that's a Bob Ross reference. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. It's good. So Bob At Ross is this painter who had a TV show, and he painted things on his show. And one of the things he painted a lot was happy trees. Oh, cute. His show was very uplifting and relaxing. Mm-hmm. And he had the yes. best fro. Gifts. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fro. I have seen gifts. Um, ben said during their mating season, the Vrachics climb up into trees and scream like cicadas, but they sound more <laughs> like humans. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> A whole bunch of people screaming. Ah! <laughs> Is this no before like, or after the Bob Ross TV? <laughs> it's like you know Definitely that you know during. that you know that vine of that person like pressing down the one chicken. It kind of goes. Yeah, Bleh. that's exactly. He pressed down all the chickens, and it's just like screaming. Ah! <laughs> they climb into the happy trees. Clearly, oh, clearly, it's a good one. Jay said that Vratik's courting and mating customs consist of weaving crystalline sculptures out of bug spit. An art contest winner gets the mate. Why are so many of these about mating? <laughs> Think about our Lydia. Welcome to Rogue Podrin. <laughs> At least it's not about the anatomy of Palpatine this week. Because boy howdy. Oh yeah. That was weird. <laughs> um, our good friend Peck said... Their hierarchical... <laughs> I can't even read this one. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> their hierarchical status is determined by the shininess of their upper torsos. <laughs> oh, Pex, God bless Glistening Pecs. You're a gift from the heavens. <laughs> so good. Um, Mika said, a large portion of the Vratix population hails higher Grand Moff Mantuin Mantuin III as the greatest Vratix of all time. In fact, due to his highness strictly secret physical appearance, no one could ever disprove them. Oh. It's oh. Oh. conspiracy theory right there. Oh, I like it. Deep. And finally, the Mon Calahadi said, the Vrachics oh. keep... <laughs> <laughs> just Meg just like so automatically weird. swoons whatever. The Mon Calahadi said the Vratics keep human slaves that they eat on special occasions and no one cares because most Star Wars humans are the worst. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's Super fair. fair. Who gets glistening Bodhi? I would like to nominate Ben. 
Which ben is very and yes. Frederick and climbing into trees and screaming like humans. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. paints such an image in my mind. It's so good. I vote Congrats. that one too. Congrats, Congrats ben. ben. You win the glistening Bodhi. Do you want to gl- do you want to give a smaller glistening Bodhi this week? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Duh. Um. Oh. Any nominations? Happy dream. Part of me just wants to give the slightly smaller glistening Betty to, or glistening Bodie. What a glistening Betty. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds stupid, Danny. <laughs> oh, you're right. Because the glistening Bodie sounds so normal. <laughs> glistening Betty. <laughs> Part of me just wants to give the slightly smaller glistening Bodie to glistening Pex this week and forevermore. <laughs> yeah. It's a rigged contest. Pex, I mean, it's keep... a good answer. <laughs> yeah, you, you can keep it for another week, Pex. You got it. Um, all right, so for this week's question, we're asking you to give us some therapist wedge advice or a good therapist wedge meme. Are we going to wait and do this one, too? Because I, yeah, I want I really, to make a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah I feel like we need memes. time. Yep. Okay, so we'll give our answers on the next one, too. Perfect. All right, so to hit us up with your answers to this question... You can find us on Twitter at RoguePodron. Answer questions there because that is where we get questions, answers. I'm really bad at words today. Anyways, <laughs> our website is roguepodron.tumblr.com. Our email is roguepodron at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to us via the Far Far radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, or Google Play. Okay. Next time. X-Wing. <laughs> Back to War. Chapters 37 to the end. And Gavin's sad time. No! <laughs> I have to think. Okay. Business meeting. Wait. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> this is Rogue oh, Podrin. Signing. <laughs> <laughs> and with that. <laughs> We're going to record our business meeting for everyone to hear. <laughs> and with that. And with this that, is business meeting. <laughs> Rogue Podrin signing off. Hash out. Pew, 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 pew. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Okay. Are you? Does everybody have the show notes open? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Meg, that was so funny. Because <laughs> you were like making a joke like, oh, I'm going to be mom and make sure everybody has everything. And very first thing, nope, don't have it. <laughs> uh, well, I can see who is in the Google Notes and I knew you weren't. <laughs> so she was subtweeting you, basically. Oh, so I, yeah. I just got shaded. Okay. <laughs> she was publicly shaming you. Shaded okay. like a French girl. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dan, isn't that a saying? Shade me like one of your French girls. I'm definitely gonna use that from now on. Shade me like on a French girl. I'm treating Shade like a French girl. <laughs> none, of the, none of that phrase worked. <laughs> That's my favorite kind of phrase. Shade. <laughs> no one said. First you draw and then you shade. It gives it perspective. <laughs> Come on. Well, no, I, I totally understand. It's good. <laughs> It's not a stretch. <laughs> oh my god. Shaded like a friend. <laughs>
This is good. This is good. <laughs> oh, you guys. It's going to be a good uh, episode. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Be a great episode. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Perish the thought. <laughs> I never think of. T- <laughs> Mirax, did you really just say perish the thought? You sure did. What? Are you something like an 1800s Victorian era woman? I perish the thought. <laughs> perish the thought. I'm getting the vapors. Please calm down. <laughs>